Yeah, this is Pat from Down, and you're listening to Rock and Metal Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Well, all right, it is I, Dr. Fruck from the Corey Hart Band, and with me as always is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley, who is from the Corey Feldman Band. That's right, I'm one of the angels. Yeah, you were awesome on the Today Show, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, and I wasn't lip-syncing either. Nah, I thought Corey Feldman sucked, but you as an angel, you were awesome. Yes. Anyway, so this is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Show. And uh, we are going to review uh, Blackout this week with Bill Wang. And this is, you know, that's already been recorded. And uh, just a little quick thing. This is a show where Bill Wang actually blacked out. Uh, twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. So, um, but that's not on this episode. If you want to hear him black out and the progressive noise blackout, that's all on YouTube on the, on uh, what is it, the, the extra features, uh, which you should join our YouTube page, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Please, we want to get that shit, like, rolling, man. Because I spent a lot of time making these videos. And I got... Here's the thing, Ian. I don't know if I explained this to you. All of, like, the past, like, ever since we did that episode with Slave to the Grind, every episode that's going to go on YouTube after that one, starting with that one, is all going to be unedited. So I already... I can tell you... Oh, let me go... Let me go on the Oh, page. good Lord. You I could get in trouble. I can tell you this right now. Uh, right now, all the episodes that are on private and I'll tell you which ones are going to be aired unedited uh, oh, we, shit. <laughs> we did we did an episode with Greg Barnes last week Iron Maiden's first album I'm going to have that one unedited Wasp Headless Children unedited um, and uh, wow is that it no I, I know there's more uh, Slave to the Grime unedited uh, I know there's more but uh, yeah so, uh, but I have so many, uh, I have so many fucking uh, YouTube uh, reviews that I, that I have not put up that I'm thinking, this is what I'm going to do. For Christmas this year, put up one a day. So that way we can get, we can get to the Slave to the Grind one. Because by then that'll be like a couple months old. So that's what I would like to do is like put up episodes that are a couple months old so people can see the unedited version. But, you know, we still have... Like I can tell you, there's so many that's been blocked, but we got Fireball. Uh, I'm looking through the list. Fireball, we had the Sammy Hagar's A Liar episode. Um, Denim and Leather, Judas Priest, British Steel. Oh no, that one's blocked. Um, Fraley's Comet, uh, Use Your, oh no, Use Your Illusion's blocked too. Uh, so many has been fucked. Oh, uh, Bad Reputation, Thin Lizzy. Um, there's, a, there's just a shitload that I'm going to put up. I'm putting up one a week every Wednesday. I put up today top 10 Kiss songs. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that. Yeah. But Headless Cross from uh, Black Sabbath. Invasion of Your Privacy. Oh, no. Those are already up. But, yeah. Go go on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast YouTube page. And please subscribe because I bust my ass doing it. And I think they're really good. And I found a way because they block everything. So what I'm doing is I'm not actually putting uh, official recordings. I'm putting bootlegs and bootleg videos and stuff like that to get through the censors. And it's working so far. 
Yeah, and, and one thing I'd like to add to that uh, and emphasize what you said is subscribe because that really does help the podcast. Not only subscribe on Podbean, but subscribe on YouTube, uh, subscribe on uh, on iTunes. You know, and Justin Childers said, "Well, I go on iTunes. I just watch stuff. I gotta... you know how much shit we do, motherfucker, and you don't have to pay a fucking dime." Create a goddamn account. All you gotta do is type some fucking shit in. Create a fucking account. Subscribe. For all the shit we give away for free that we pay for, fucking subscribe. That's that's my rant. And and <laughs> something that's very important about the, the 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 podcast page on YouTube is that we air stuff that's never been heard before. Like yes. just this past week, I put up the cutting room floor news. Because we did news that last week that was so long that the part, the part that we didn't air, I'm putting on. So so now and then, we'll put up episodes a week that will never be on the podcast, like Cutting Room Force shows. So definitely check it out because it's, it's really good stuff, man. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was looking at some old stats. And, uh, and this shit started June of 2014. So we're about two and a half years... And we've never missed one week. If anything, we've given you multiple episodes in one week. But we've, you, loyal listeners have never gone a week without a new episode. And man, we 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 do all kinds of shit to make sure you get that episode. You know? Yeah, man. Shit don't. You know, it takes work. I and mean, we love doing it. We love it. It's a labor of love. But we put a lot of work in this. So if you can do something like that that don't cost a fucking dime, that helps us grow. Because shit like that with potential sponsors and our ratings on iTunes and stuff, all that shit matters. The more you subscribe, the more they look at it. And, and here's the thing, just because you, you can click on uh, and subscribe and then you can click out, you never have to bother going back on. All you got to do is subscribe once, man. You know? Yeah. Not asking a lot. And, and you know, our, all our loyal listeners, the ones that are on our Facebook page, which you should, jo- you should join if you're not. All of them say the same thing to us. Man, you guys are the best. You're, you're my favorite podcast. We have so many people saying that. I want to say to all those people, please spread the word because nothing will make Ian happier than numbers. I am a numbers whore. Exactly. A whore. So please go out there and... Because, man, we want, we want a lot of fucking numbers. We want to be, like, rich and famous. That's right. So, or at least famous. I'll take famous over rich. Yeah, that's how I am. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm rich. I'm, I'm famous, but not rich. Yes, I'd rather be spiritually poor, but famous on the internet. Exactly. So, um, spread the word <laughs> of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Uh, share it everywhere and tag everybody except for me. <laughs> you hear that, Andrew Jacobs? Go for it, Andrew Jacobs. You see, you know, because uh, the last week's episode, Andrew Jacobs put up a post on the I rock. I saw and, that. He said, no more tagging Ralph. <laughs> I saw that, and then somebody put they were going to tag you just just to be a dick. I was like, don't do it. You know Ralph. I'll, don't do it. Don't poke the bear. Because <laughs> if you tag me, I'm personally going to go to your house and tag you right in the eye. They're going to tag your mom's fucking stinkhole. Well, fuck, that I do anyway, regardless. 
Oh, well, here's a funny story. Uh, we don't have an iTunes review this week, but we did lose an iTunes review, thanks to me. How? <laughs> uh, if you remember, I don't know how many episodes it was now, but uh, I, I talked about a review that we had that was a positive review, but it was four stars. And I was like, really? You couldn't just give us that extra fucking star? And I don't know why that irked me, but I was like, man, you're giving us such good praise. Why not a five star? I mean, what what denoted us from being a five star? And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's just the way it rubbed me. But whoever wrote it, you know, because I know how many star reviews we have, and I know how many uh, actual reviews we have. And this is just the U.S. I'm speaking of because I can't see the reviews in the U.K., the uh, in Ireland, and, uh, you know, Asia. Unfortunately, I can't see those unless you listeners send them to me. And I wish you would send it to me on Facebook and I'll read that shit. But anyway, here in the U.S., we had 81 uh, star ratings and we had 65 reviews. And I click on today to see if there's something new. And I see 80 star reviews and 64 written reviews. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the guy who did the four star took the whole review away. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even know. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess I irked him. But hey, you irked me too. But hey, fuck it. I hope you still listen. And, and subscribe. Well, you know, uh, here's something that you haven't seen. I, I just saw this right this second for the first time. Because you're saying we got no uh, iTunes reviews. So I'm scrolling through the, the YouTube reviews. And here's somebody. This is what His name is Trevor Jordan. I don't think he's a listener to our show. Okay. He's just some random dickhead on YouTube. This is what he had to say about the Axel DC review. Uh, we actually put up an Axel DC review that's unedited that you can't hear on the podcast. You can only hear it on the thing. This is what he said. Terrible review. Like listening to an illiterate drunk who keeps spitting on you as he speaks in a shitty bar with an ugly waitress. <laughs> so that's our YouTube review for this week. Thank you, Trevor Jordan. <laughs> oh. I actually like that. I like that better than the four-star review. <laughs> exactly. But I wish I knew who Trevor Jordan was so I could fucking have uh, Andrew Jacobs like uh, join his Facebook and tag him on a bunch of shit. <laughs> exactly. Revenge. I'd like to go. I'd like to find out what bar he hangs at. I uh, go there and spit up <laughs> <laughs> in a shitty bar with ugly waitresses. Yeah. And, and you know what it is? He's he's probably like this really angry uh, guy with an unpopular opinion that Dave Evans is the only singer for ACDC. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor unpopular bastards. Uh, and, and here's a fuck up I made and this is totally on me and I want to thank Josh Carlson uh, for doing this and he's going to do it again. Uh, he sent me a review from the UK and it was a nice long review. I actually, I didn't even get a chance to read it because I was in the middle of something. I said, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to read it on air. And I was going through and cleaning up my messenger on Facebook and I accidentally deleted it. And uh, I tried to get him to copy and paste it because he hand typed the whole thing. I was like, well, can you copy and paste that shit and send it to me? But he was away from his computer. So he's going to do that and send it to me. So the next episode we do news, uh, I'll read that and just... For our, for our listeners overseas, please, if you, if you have iTunes reviews, send them my way, and, and I will read them. I'll, yeah. I'll promise not to delete them. 
I find it so lame how iTunes only lets us see the American reviews. I mean, we, you know, maybe there's people from Bulgaria that will never see their reviews, or Uranus, and we'll never see oh, their well, reviews. Oh, well, you know, it's it's amazing because I can go, uh, I can go on the Podbean website, and I can see where we're played all over the world and how many downloads we have from that country. And, I mean, this it's like a world, you know, we're not the biggest, but we're damn, we're, we're damn good. And we have listeners all over the fucking world. And, uh, and I would love to read some of those reviews. And, uh, you know, because we have people on the Facebook, primarily, though, the people on the Facebook page are, are from America. We do have uh, a lot of fans from, from Europe and from Australia. Uh, and, and, and a few from South America. But I, I look at these numbers, and I know there's people all over the globe that listen to this show, and I would love to hear from them and, and hear what they think. And, you know, I'd love to give them a shout-out, you know. So, you know, we, we got plays in Russia and, and the Middle East and, I mean, all over. You know, it's it's, it's really amazing and, and it's humbling that this reaches people all over the globe, and I would like to give them just as much attention as our U.S. listeners, you know, because this shit's worldwide, man. All right, well, uh, you ready to get in some news? Let's do it. All right, now here's a story <laughs> that I shouldn't even be reading, but uh, I just it, this just came up on Blabbermouth and uh, just made me feel old all of a sudden. But Poison is putting out a limited edition picture disc to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Look What the Cat Dragged It. And, man, that just made me feel fucking old. I mean, I mean, I mean do you ever do you ever think about how long it's been since some of, like, not albums that you love now that were old that you discovered later, but something you grew up with, I mean, to sit there and realize how fucking old it is now, it's like, holy shit. I would never realize such things that bands would stop putting out anniversary. That that's because if they, they don't tell me, I'll never realize. You know. But uh, it's it's I just I vividly remember being in junior high, and I I brought I got it and I brought it over to my friend's house and he showed his mom and it wasn't even a joke. She's like, "Who are these girls? They're pretty." Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, "No, those are dudes, man. This is rock and roll." Man. I, I gotta admit, you know, I liked uh, I liked look what the cat dragged in, you know, when it came out, and I got sick of them real quick. But uh, at the time, man, I just, anything that was on MTV, I was like just soaking everything up. But it's like to think thirty years ago, like holy shit! I saw uh, Poison in a club before they became before that album came out, nineteen eighty five, which is thirty one years ago. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and uh, I still got a flyer. It's like a lame green flyer. I have it somewhere. I have this like, I know exactly where it is. There's a lot of shit I have. But then in the following year, I saw Poison, still not famous, because that, that album took a while to catch on. Because right. I, I recall Cry Tough was the video, and it didn't do shit. And I saw him open for a Quiet Riot, Quiet Riot 3 tour. And then they released... Oh, no shit. Yeah, then they released uh, Talk Dirty to Me, and boom. It blew up like that was maybe like six months later, and then I saw him again. I saw Poison three times during that era. With Quiet Riot, then I saw him um, with Rat uh, two times because Rat came here, played the Sportatorium, then they came back like six months later and played the West Palm Beach Auditorium. 
I don't know if I saw Poison the third time, but I know I saw him the first two times. And they had they had they they choreographed themselves. It was pretty. Lovely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Terrible. But yeah, I'm not going to be buying that. But yeah, it's just uh, hard to believe it's been 30 years. You know, there's there's uh, footage of me ripping. Look what the cat dragged in vinyl on stage and breaking into pieces. <laughs> nice. Yeah, our second show. I did that at our second show. <laughs> right. Nice. What did you What did you do with your copy of Flesh and Blood? Uh, believe it or not, I had a sealed copy of the next album, which was rare, with the chick with the tongue coming out. Yeah, the original cover. Yeah, yeah. I sold it for fifty bucks on eBay. Nice. And it, it was still sealed. Probably could get more for it now. Who knows? This was back a long time ago. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Who knows? Well, th th they eventually re-released it with the original cover. Oh, uh, did they? So, so I don't know if if that would uh. If that would fuck with the uh, the price, I mean, you might still get it because it was original. But oh my god, you want to talk about making something out of nothing? What was the deal with that cover that it got banned? Of all the other metal covers, that's the one that got fucking banned. I think it was just a, a publicity stunt to sell more records. You know, I, I think you're absolutely right because there was nothing that nasty like, about that. Like the Striper album, To Hell with the Devil, I think that was also another ploy. And yeah. Guns N' Roses, I could see. The Appetite for Destruction, because it has right, a, right. a titty on the cover, but... Right. It, to me, look what look what the cat dragon was more offensive. That should have been censored. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. All yeah. right. Well, uh, Vivian Campbell has come out, and he said he denies that he is doing Last in Line for financial reasons and saying there's fuck all money in this and I absolutely believe him on this one I do too it, 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 you know honestly uh, you, you honestly do think that band would make money oh no and he's already said he, he, he lost money on a UK tour and there's no money in record sales I admire that they made new material period and uh, he said, hey, this was all about reconnecting, you know, with the members of the original Dio band, you know, that, of course, that are live. And uh, he said playing this music again made him reconnect with himself, you know, like the, the way he used to play guitar and what he used to be into. And I, I think it makes perfect sense when you see, you know, Dio passed away and, you know, he's going through this cancer ordeal where... He doesn't know how much time he has left, so I think it was just honest reflection and, you know, enjoyment in this music that he created that's so influential, but for the longest time he buried just because of, you know, personal reasons with Ronnie. So I think it's absolutely insane to say, you know, there's there's really nobody making money anymore, you know, unless you're like Metallica, and we'll see how much money they make on this new album, you know? Uh, this is people doing it because they love to do it, or they, they just they don't know anything else to do because it ain't like it used to be, yeah. you know. So uh, I believe he's sincere, and man, you said it was one of the greatest shows you've ever seen. I just saw some new dates announced, but unfortunately they were all West Coast, so I'll probably never get to see this. But I'm all for it, and I would kill to see it myself personally. Amazing live! Oh my God, were they just flooring? That was an amazing night too. We also had uh, Tom Kiefer, and who opened that fucking show? 
Uh, I forgot. You told me, but I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Who, oh, Eric Martin, which was not good. Yeah. Yeah. That was not good. But uh, yeah, man. Um, it was just uh, an amazing, amazing show. The unfortunately, the very last Jimmy Bain show, which was sad. Uh, but oh my god, and that album. Oh my god, Heavy Crown. Go out and get it. Brings a fucking DVD that's really killer and shit. And, you know, come on, man. I mean, the one thing I will say, uh, Vivian Campbell also came out and said, oh, Dio would, be, Dio would love this. I don't think so. You know, Dio really did hate Vivian Campbell. I don't think he would have been happy that his old bandmates teamed up with this guy. Well, I, I don't know. I got a feeling if Dio would have beat, what you know, his cancer and everything... I think that might have changed a little bit. Like, if there was some honest communication between them and maybe some honest apologies made, I, I could I mean, I mean, look, Dio said he'd never go back with Sabbath, and, and look how many times that happened. So, you know, I'm sure there was moments when he really hated Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler, too. Uh, but, it, would uh, been, it would have been nice if they could have reunited with Dio and released an album like Heavy Crown. Because let me tell you something. I think that's that album is just fucking... One of my, one of the best albums this year, you know. Check oh out. hell yeah! It's so good. It's so good. Great album. Yes. Sir. Well, we go from that story to somebody who honestly I, I feel is doing it for the money, and I'm talking about Frankie Benali and Quiet Riot. Yeah. Who now have yet another singer because they announced the split with Jizzy Pearl, but Frankie Benali said everything happens for a reason, and he said it this wasn't like an all of a sudden thing that Jizzy actually told him like four or five months prior but agreed to do all the dates that they had booked because he didn't want to leave anybody hanging. So I, I agree that's a classy move by him and I'm sure Frankie and the rest of Quiet Riot uh, appreciated that. But man, it's getting to the point where like wow, really? You know, and Frankie Benali, believe it or not, Frankie Benali is 64 years old. Uh, you know, not saying he can't still drum or that's bad, but I'm just saying it's like, you know, God, damn, it's never, ever going to be Quiet Riot again, yeah. you know, but now, you know, and, and, and another hindsight to that is, is who am I to tell this man he can't make a living? Maybe he really needs to do this to, uh, you know, to keep the lights on and he has a family and, you know, uh, you know, the other members... They have wives and children, and they need to support themselves. And but, uh, man, it's just it, it sucks. It'd be nice if if people were open enough that he could just start a new band, you know, and maybe play some Quiet Riot tunes, and people would give it a chance. But the reality is, you know, no no venues would book him. You know, he's gonna have an easier time calling it Quiet Riot, but it's really. You know, they'll never be quite right. He I mean, he's, Kevin DeBrose is one of those guys you can't replace. Yep. So, and I saw him with Chizzy Pro, and it was damn good. It was really yeah, I, a, a I, good I, I saw some, I saw some footage, and I thought he did a damn fine job. Yeah, Chizzy Pro was really good. I, man, when I saw Chizzy Pro with Rat, was that was amazing. I mean, really, it, I, it was on my birthday, like I don't know, 15 years ago. That was a great show, man. Uh, Steve Vai has said that, uh, you know, talk of the reunion of the Eat Him and Smile band is still on the radar. Yeah. And, uh, wow, as amazing as that would be 
What don't you think that that would mean the end of Dave and Van Halen though? I don't know, man. Van Halen is just weird, don't you think? I think the weirdest band ever. They're weirder than Guns N' Roses. You know, it's like they're they're just. I mean, at least fucking Axel will come out of hiding here and there and do an interview. What's up with these guys? And whenever Eddie Van Halen does come out and say anything, it has nothing to do with his band. It has everything to do with either his equipment or some charity shit he's doing. Right. Michael Anthony just came out and said that he talked to Alex Van Halen not too long ago. Right. And, uh, which also is kind of like, you know, maybe they're setting this up for Michael's return. Uh, well. With Dave, though. Because I, I still stand by that Sammy Hagar will never be back in Van Halen. And, you know, just to keep people up to date, if they uh, you don't know, there's a guy called Chris Atkins. What's the name of his show, Ian? The Classic Metal Show, I believe. All right, he has this show called The Classic Metal Show. He said, we have a bet going. He says, because he's got some inside sources, that Van Hagar is going to reunite in June. They're going to announce it June 1st, 2017. Now, he said this back in June, right, to me? So I'm like, fuck, we gotta wait a whole year before I get my hundred bucks back. And here's why I know I'm gonna get my hundred bucks back. And plus, everybody that's listening to this after June of 2017 knows I'm right, I hope. I think I'm right. But here's another thing, you honestly do think this guy would have this inside information and Dave wouldn't. And, and let's say, you know, of course Dave wouldn't. And let's say Dave did have this information. You think he'd still remain quiet? He'd be like, fuck these guys. I made my kajillion dollars with these Van Halen reunion. You know, they made a lot of money. You know, oh, the, 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 the biggest tours of their career have been these last three tours. Exactly. So, you know, and, and uh, you think he's not going to turn around going, fuck the brothers. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Dave, man, Dave, when, when he's pissed, he's pissed. And he'll let it be known. And, uh, but I just don't see it. I know Sammy Hagar's dying for it to happen. Because now he's coming out apologizing, all the shit, backtracking. You know why? I mean, the guy's got money, but he ain't got fame. He's tired of, of playing to, to barbecues and, you know, these little places. You know, it's starting to look, it's starting to make his, his fucking stories not seem so fucking real. How he's the bi he's never open for anybody who was huge during uh, Van Halen with the Roth and shit like that. It's like, uh, well, now it doesn't really seem that way, does it, you know? Here's a story about my doppelganger, Vince Neal. Hey. <laughs> Poor Vince Neal had to undergo LASIK eye surgery. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he doesn't want to wear glasses. Wow. And uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going to be worse, the slow recovery time or two perfect working eyes. And he's like, oh, fuck, what the hell happened to me? <laughs> yeah, I I used to be Vince Neil. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like now I look like that asshole from the podcast. <laughs> oh, ouch! So, so, so poor Vince Neil. But hey, good news for Vince Neil. He's not going to have to serve any time for beating that chick's ass. Oh really? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that got thrown out. Uh, I, I I think I think he might just have a fine, maybe some community service. And I, I think he has to kill another member of Hanoi Rocks, and uh, he'll get off. Uh, he'll get off scot free. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, poor Vince. Uh, I mean, look, I, I I think the whole beating chick thing was fucking sad. I I do not approve of that. But 
I think other than that, man, the guy does. He's he's raised millions and millions of dollars for children's cancer. You know, he he lost his daughter to cancer. You know, he hasn't had the greatest picture of life. You know. Hey, most importantly, he he stopped Hanoi Rocks from making records, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Uh, really, I mean, really, Razzle was that unreplaceable? <laughs> you know, seriously. Well, they just lost that Razzle Dazzle, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> Hanoi Rocks. Uh, anyway. I like that song. I don't know much about Hanoi Rocks, so the jury's out, but I like the song they have. It's called Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I like that song. But that's and, and a, I like. You know, I never really looked into them, though. I, I like some Michael Monroe solo stuff. Uh, I don't think he's a, he's a bad singer, but I remember, and I think I said this in a past episode, when because Axl Rose said they were such an inspiration, uh, he re-released their catalog on Uzi Suicide, you know, his label. Uh, I, I think of like 89 or 90, and I was like, oh, fuck, if Axl Rose likes this, it must be awesome. And I bought this, it was called Back to Mystery City. Fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. I mean, it made Poison sound like Poison. And, and, I, and, and oh man, and they they do a horrific cover of "Up Around the Bend" by CCR. That's just like one of the worst covers. Wow. You know, it, it was like you know Bieber doing "Rain and Blood." It was just horrible. No balls, no soul, no nothing. Yikes! All right, and uh, what I think is our last story is Steve Harris came out and said he will never make other bands pay to support Iron Maiden saying that that is just wrong. Are there bands doing that? I did see that story, and I was like, who does that? Well, you know, uh, I was surprised, though. I was surprised that you would say that, Ralph, uh, because I've known this for years, that a lot of times it happens more with up-and-coming artists, but they have to pay. Uh, well, here's what happens. The record label pays it. And then at the end of the like the tour cycle or the album cycle, the band has to pay the label back, but they paid to get these bands on tours. Now this happens a lot with like you know when you see these packages where there's like three or four bands. Uh, if it's not an established band, usually they have to pay to get on the tour. And one that was notorious for this was Ozfest. And a uh, prime example, do you remember the band Crazy Town? Oh, yeah. Yes, Crazy Town, uh, the record label was so behind them and thought they were going to be the next big thing because, you know, at the time Limp Biscuit was big, uh, they paid to be on Ozfest twice, once on the main stage. Uh, you know, I remember seeing that, that in West Palm. You know, I know you were at the show, too. And Crazy Town opened the main stage. Yeah, I but wasn't that, there for that, though. But uh, they were signed to Sony Records at the time. And and a lot of bands, like almost all the bands on the second stage at OzFest, and I would probably say maybe the first two opening bands on the main stage were paying Sharon to be on that tour. And, you know, it's not just Sharon that did this. She didn't invent it. I'm sure she perfected it. But uh, th- that is kind of common. Uh, more so, I think back in the day when the record, when you had more record labels, you know, now record label ain't gonna pay shit for you. But uh, there are there are bands that have to pay to open up, 
and then they purely make their money off of uh, merch sales. So, but uh, Steve says he'll never do that. But Justin Justin Childers uh, made a funny comment. He said, "Yeah, he goes all he has open up for him is his kids anyway." Ooh. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, the, his his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what's cool? Uh, Metallica is having local bands open their show. Really? Yeah. Uh, I guess you know it's like some contest thing, like you vote for your, you know, every town votes for their favorite local band. Whoever wins gets to open for Metallica. I think that's really fucking cool. I, I think that's, man. I'll tell you, one of my biggest gripes with Metallica, uh, especially in the '90s when they were just even if they put out the shittiest of records, which they did, uh, they were so huge, is that they didn't take out their idols that were suffering at the time. Like, why don't you take out King Diamond if you love Merciful Fate so much? Yeah, you're right. You know, why don't you... You have the power to take out anybody, and that concert is going to sell out. Here's where you can pay back Saxon, Merciful Fate, Diamond Head. These bands that you claim you wouldn't be around without them, and who did they take out? But whoever was, you know, you're talking about Metallica shows with Kid Rock and Days of the New and Limp Biscuit and Corn, bands that were on the radio anyway, selling. You know, that's when they could have really paid shit back. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to hold back my Metallica bashing. I love the two new songs. They're releasing a third song. On uh, October 30th, I believe, or the 31st, might be on Halloween, uh, a new song called Atlas Rise. And uh, hey, man, I like the song so far, and I like what you're saying they're doing for local bands. So maybe, uh, maybe they kind of remembered who they really are. So. Well, you know, you know, last year they played a bunch of festivals and they had Raven open. Oh, so, nice! I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, uh, I know that because John Gallagher's. Uh, no, actually, no. It was it was more than a couple years because, oh, I got I got a little inside story because Raven told me about those shows because when we played Puerto Rico, um, they told me that uh, Metallica. They, it was Brazil. That's where they played. They played some stadiums in Brazil. Raven opened, and they hung out with Metallica. I've seen the pictures, but they said that Metallica was acting very paranoid backstage. He's like, those guys, like, you know, he's like, they, they kind of seem frightened a little bit. Because I guess, you know, there's such fanatics over there, the fans and shit. Right. And as we speak, uh, Metallica is playing Puerto Rico, and all my buddies from Puerto Rico that make us feel so at home, they're, they're all at the show today. And my buddy, Angel, who drove us around everywhere, he put up a picture today of him with James Hetfield on the beach. I was like, whoa, stalker, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you know, they're probably worried because, you know, Donald Trump said all all Latinos are thieves and they're going to steal Lars's art collection. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're all rapists and thieves. <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note, what do you say we call up Bill Wang and review some scorpions? Bam! Well, all right, now it's time to do the review uh, 1982, right? I don't know. I'm always bad with That's you. right. 82? Whoa, I, I hit it, I hit it. Uh, yeah. Scorpions Blackout, and for this episode, I will let Ian do the honors to introduce the most popular guest we always have. Oh, well, you already let the cat out of the bag there. Not only is he our most popular guest, he is a 
Facebook sensation, a podcast sensation, and soon to be on the New York Times bestseller list with his new book on Facebook etiquette entitled Ninja Please. I'm talking about the Asian sensation, the San Francisco treat, Mr. Bill Wang. Hey, 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 what's up, Dr. Fuck? Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is a place to be, Dilly D. Bam! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yes, this week we are talking about the, the released on March 29, 1982, Scorpion's album, Blackout. And this this episode was hand-picked by Mr. Bill Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you go. That's right. A, ve- and, and, uh... a, a very popular album that uh, this is a review that people have asked for in the past. And uh, we're like, hey, you wait till Bill Wayne's ready, bitch. No? Yeah, you no wait. You wait till Bill Wang like wants us to do it. Yeah, and he's ready. Yeah, he's ready like Freddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, is is your window open in the loft? You got you got some yeah. herb going. You got some. No, beers unfortunately, cracking? no. But like I was telling you earlier, no, I haven't smoked pot in over a month. Wow, what's wrong with you? Well, my card expired, so it's you know I can't just go down to the corner store and buy me a fucking sack of killer grape ape. Let let them know your glaucoma is still there, you know. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> you know they should know that. But I'm drinking my fucking high powerful uh, fireside chat 8.0 percent alcohol, so I'm fucking feeling. And you know what I'm saying, daily deep. Bang. Nice. Yes. All right, man. So. uh... Bill, why don't you tell the people uh, your first experience with the album Blackout? Absolutely, man. You know, um, like the God of Wad Wadzilla was saying, I did pick it up, and I did pick it up because a, you know, it's it's basically the album that broke the Scorpions in America, and you guys never did it, and it was, uh, I mean, I got into the Scorpions a year prior with Animal Magnetism, but uh, as far as uh, Blackout, man. The summer of 1982, I always have summer albums, you know, I, I always, in past episodes, I said summer 79 was, you know, Van Halen 2 and Kiss Dynasty and ACDC, how would it help? But summer of 1982 was um, Diver Down and Blackout. And, you know, I mean, I, that just, uh, I'll, I'm, the thing about uh, Blackout just uh, that stood out, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday, man, just uh, amazing interplay shanker and jabs you know the potent riffs and the thing about it every fucking kid had the cassette back in the day i mean if you didn't have blackout you were not fucking cool I mean, you were basically a fucking punk ass bitch um yeah yeah, yeah you, you know hear that Marshall Harold, Harold, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah man i fucking love this album and it reminds me of air guitar with my brother chubby who's his birthday today william claire we used it's to hear this uh, yeah, 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 man. We used to air guitar to this album big time, and uh, I have fucking magical memories of this album, man. And, that, and uh, just being a kid, and I love this album. You know, not exactly thought-provoking lyrics, generally speaking, but it's a fucking fantastic album. Uh, Shanker and Jabs is fucking and Klaus. I mean, who would have thunk? I mean, he was basically on the on the out. You know, people, all the rumors of that about how he was, you know, was going to be replaced by Don Dawkins and 
how Don Dawkins, uh, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's recordings of him doing all the songs, but uh, Klaus shines, and I love this album, so yeah. I love, I love non-thought-provoking lyrics because I don't have to think. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, I'll, I'll say this is an album uh, that I didn't have back in the day. Uh, actually, my first Scorpions album was Worldwide Live was the first one I bought. I mean, I first, uh, I believe I heard no one like you on the radio. Uh, but at that time, I really wasn't into hard rock yet, even though I liked the song. But I was more into black music at How the rude. time. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, you know, and then Don't I heard stop rock burping, Bill. And, and I liked it, but, uh, you know, I bought Worldwide Live, and then I bought Savage Amusement. I, I know that you hate Ralph. Um, I, hate, I, I, I hate more that you're younger. It's like listening to some kid, uh, when you hear a kid talk about, yeah, you know, I discovered Metallica with the Black Album. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, you're that's, such a that's, punk. That's how my... You fucking punk. <laughs> Go wipe your nose, you punk. Snot nose. <laughs> fucking but, uh, bitch. I, I knew the majority of these songs, but really only listened to it in its entirety, I would say, probably about 10 years ago. And I always loved the Scorpions, but the one thing that kind of turned me off is, like, too many ballads. And even though I do love some ballads, I, I, I'm not the ballad guy. And that's what always bothered me about the Scorpions. And when I really got into the Scorpions and like full steam ahead was when I discovered the 70s uh, Scorpions you know the Uli John Roth era and that's when I really like I got into that and then I got everything and uh, you know and I totally respect them you're absolutely right Ralph uh, Klaus Mine you've said it many times like if he was to die tomorrow everybody be like he is the greatest singer of all time because he does have one of the greatest voices of all time. Uh, and they are a classic band. And what I really love about this album is it just reminds me of you. You know, much like, uh, you know, uh, Wayne just said it reminded him of, you know, the summer of 82. This, to me, just is like that perfect teenage album where, like, you know, somebody got a case of beer. Remember when you were a kid, like, somebody always found a way to get a case of beer. Either somebody bought it for you or you stole it from somebody's old man. And you go somewhere and you pop it out of the trunk and everybody's sitting on the trunk and you're cranking the car stereo and, and just having a good time. And that's what this is to me. This is a, a, a rock and roll classic, a, a, a song of the youth, a, a, a timeless album. It's just one of those, it, almost like a rite of passage. Like, every teenager should have that moment where they're sitting on a car and this this album is blaring and they're drinking stolen beer. That's that's the best way I can sum this up. I wish I would have said that. Well said, brother. That's perfect. Well, that's why I do this for a living. <laughs> yes, you do, brother. You thought I'd get paid. But, uh, no, it's one of those... And, and, and I'm glad I'm glad, Wing, that, that, that you get what I'm saying. You know, you know, yeah, I really I, do. I, I'm sure Ralph agrees. There was just 
those moments in our teenage years, whether it was in the 70s or the 80s, where, you know, you, you just snuck away and it was you and your friends and you were listening to this music that made you feel alive. It was happiness and, and you're partying and, you know, you're in your own little world. And, and the Scorpions was the perfect soundtrack for that in the 80s. I would say in America. I mean, I mean, even though I love the 70s uh, era more, but in the 80s, there's just something so American about listening to this German band while you're drinking, you know, beer somewhere, having fun, being a teenager. It's it's blue collar rock and roll, and 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 it's amazing. And this band doesn't get a lot of respect because, you know, they kind of, you know, there's the era that Europe appreciates. There's the era that America appreciates, and then they just kind of faded off. Like, they never went away, but they stopped making albums that mattered, in my opinion, you know? Even though I'm glad they still tour and they still do stuff, but, you know, like, people really stopped caring about the Scorpions, you know, after Worldwide Live. I would say, at least in America. I mean, you you, you had the fluke with Crazy Nights, and I remember or, uh, Crazy Nights, uh, What's the album that wins the change? Uh, oh, the, the whistle song. Oh, oh cra- crazy world. I remember this. I remember this distinctly. Uh, like when Savage Amusement came out, some people liked the singles. A lot of old time Scorpions fans hated it. Hello. So yeah, exactly. So they kind of tuned out. And then when Crazy World came along, the first single was "Tease Me, Please Me." Yeah. And uh, a lot of people were like, uh. That's kind of lame. You know, it's not a great Scorpion song. And then Winds of Change came out and just became this weird phenomenon. Uh, but for the most part, it was a phenomenon for people who weren't Scorpions fans to begin with. You know, it was just kind of, it was timely because the whole thing, you know, with Germany and the wall coming down and it became this hit. But I think for most Scorpions fans, you never, ever want to hear that song again. Ever. And, and and then after that, the Scorpions just kind of faded away. Even though they kept making albums, nobody paid attention anymore after Crazy World. You know? Uh, but man, the 70s and early 80s Scorpions is, to me, true and blue hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, just great shit that's just as important as Death Leopard or Motley Crue or, or, or Kiss. I mean, it's just this is important music, and like I said, Ralph nailed it on the head. When Klaus Mine is dead and gone, then, oh my god, the Scorpions were the best ever. See, I'm the winds of change. Uh, oh, the, the whistle song. Oh, oh cra- crazy world. I remember this, I remember this distinctly. Uh, like, when Savage Amusement came out, some people liked the singles. A lot of old-time Scorpions fans hated it. Hello. So, yeah, exactly. So they kind of tuned out. And then when Crazy World came along, the first single was Tease Me, Please Me. And uh, a lot of people were like, uh, that's kind of lame. You know, it's not a great Scorpion song. And then Winds of Change came out and just became this weird phenomenon. Uh, But for the most part, it was a phenomenon for people who weren't Scorpions fans to begin with. You know, it was just kind of, it was timely because the whole thing... You know, with Germany and the wall coming down, and it became this hit. But 
I think for most Scorpions fans, you never, ever want to hear that song again. Ever. And and, and then after that, the Scorpions just kind of faded away, even though they kept making albums. Nobody paid attention anymore after Crazy World. You know? Uh, but man, the 70s and early 80s Scorpions is, to me, true and blue hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, just great shit that's just as important as Death Leopard or Motley Crue or, or, or Kiss. I mean, it's just, this is important music. And like I said, Ralph nailed it on the head. When Claw's mind is dead and gone, then, oh my God, the Scorpions were the best ever. But anyway, that's my long uh, diatribe on uh, the Scorpions. What do you think, Ralph? When did Screaming for Vengeance come out? Was it before the summer of 82 or was it after? Okay, hold on, I'm looking up. Uh, Blackout came out in uh, March of 82. Right. And Screaming for Vengeance came out in July of 82. All right, then, oh, then okay. definitely, definitely. 1982, Screaming for Vengeance, Diver Down. I don't recall Blackout. If you, you know, look, I love Love First Thing. It's it's a great album. But compared to Blackout, it's it's a downgrade. Let's let, let's cut the bullshit here. It is a downgrade. Agreed. It's a good you album. You talk about ballads. Wadzilla was talking about ballads. Love at First Thing is filled with. Love yes. at First Thing is filled with ballads that I don't like. Where, where on this album, there's technically three ballads. And I love them all. I love all these ballads on this album. Wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. I, and there is one song I don't like on this album. And I'm pretty sure both of you like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to throw it over to Bill to talk about the title track, uh, Blackout. Yeah, and you know, and just to piggyback, um, as far as memories, the thing about this album, and in particular, is all the hot chicks love the Scorpion. Yes. I mean, I remember, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Doc, and they all, all had, the hot yeah. chicks love the Scorpions, man. Because they sing ballads. <laughs> and, and Matthias, Matthias was very popular with the chicks. Yeah, he, he, he had he had the, the complexion to make the connection. Yeah, he... he <laughs> He looked good, I guess. He was uh, the only guy yeah. in the Scorpions that chicks. The chicks were like, "I love the Scorpions and Matthias." You never heard them like talk about uh, Frank uh, botulism on bass and, uh, and, <laughs> and, botulism. and yeah, isn't that his name? Botulism. Yes, yes. Francis it, it, botulism. German, that's what means. Francis botulism and uh, Herman uh, rare balls on on drums. Herman Z German. Herman Z German and and Rudolph yeah. Rudolph, Rudolph what a, what a killer opener. What a great opener. I mean, I mean, it's like, here we are, motherfuckers. I mean, it was just slamming, man. Just, and Klaus, incredible vocals. At basically at his peak. Yeah, sure, he was bald, but it's not fucking. Um, you know, just, just, the, and Shanker and Jad's fucking Z-Wars song. I absolutely love this song. I, I personally give it five out of five chops. Absolutely. Uh, I think it deserves a bam. All right, I give it five out of five chopsticks. Bam! That's right. Yeah, that sounds better. Got to drive it home, Bill. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, uh, I think it's a simplistic yet effective rocker. Uh, one of the best tracks on the album, definitely. Uh, one of the best Scorpion songs overall, I would have to say. Uh, it fucking kicks ass. It is metal Scorpions for sure. This is like Scorpions where it's like, yeah, uh, you listen to this song, it's like, yeah, this is a metal band. All right, what do you think, Ian? 
I love this song, man. It's awesome. Uh, a, a great song about getting fucked up and uh, banging a fatty. There's, there's nothing wrong with that because what? usually they're the better lays. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, you know? serious? What's that's, that? That's what the song's about? Well, yeah. I mean, have you listened to it? Yeah, but I never really... I, I really what the hell was that? Was that a fatty? Downtown San Francisco, Ian, tell him. Yeah, I think I think a yeah. fatty just had a heart attack over there. No, 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 no. That's a cop siren in San Francisco. It's like, pull over, pull over. <laughs> Eddie Ooh, Murphy, raw. Stop. <laughs> oh man, that's that's the tenderloin, ladies and gentlemen. That's Castro. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, yeah, no. The song is about. Um, banging a chick you regret like waking up like oh fuck you know uh, listen to the lyrics again you'll get it uh, wow or, really, or, 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 or listen to a couple episodes ago you'll get it <laughs> yeah yeah um, actually yeah but, I did get it <laughs> but yeah that's what it's about but I, I love it and the riffage on this and, and what a way to start out the album and I think they really you know they took what they, you know, learned with the previous two albums with Love Drive and and Animal Magnetism, and I think they perfected it on this album because, you know, of course, there's a big change from the early John Roth era to the to the Matthias era. But I think that's where, even though I love the '70s era more, I think this is where you really get the true Scorpion sound, and. I think through trial and error, they perfected it on this album. And Blackout, probably my fourth favorite song on the album. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I love the riffage. I love the subject matter. Great, great fucking track. And then it goes into the next one, which I won't say is the best track on the album, but probably my favorite track on the album. And that's Can't Live Without You. And I just love the fucking... Dan, 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 dan. It's just so fucking simple and so effective. And just... Oh, man, it just... It's that thing that, 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 that a teenager gets. And by teenager, I mean a teenager that drinks and does drugs and gets pussy. Not one that hides in its, you know, basement being unpopular, you know, and crying. I'm talking about a teenager that lives a teenage life, gets out there and has fun, and experiences life. This is your soundtrack, you know the, you know, dun, 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 you know that's, it's it weekend warrior, fucking have fun, get out there and fucking do it, enjoy life. I love everything about this song. I, I admit that it's not the best, but it is my favorite track on the album. Absolutely love Can't Live Without You. What do you think, Wang? One, two, one, two, one, three, two, three, four. four. Da, 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 da. Oh, man. I fucking love this song. It's, and like you said, God of Wad. I mean, it's not exactly the most thought-provoking lyrics. It's a little bit repetitive. It's fucking awesome, though. I don't give a fuck. Amazing solo. I mean, it's fucking kick-ass solo. And it's exactly, it's a fucking, like, here we are, man. We are, you know, you just nailed it what you just said exactly it's like if you're getting laid if you're getting pussy and shit you're listening to this song all right otherwise you're not okay 
And uh, I love hey. it. Oh, fucking fat ass. Sick. And it reminds me, I mean, I keep going back. It, 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 I, it brings me back. Uh, and it was uh, a song of the youth of 1982, early 80s, me and Dr. Fuck, you know, getting laid, you know, all those chicks that we were with and whatnot. I mean, back then, now I'm happily married. I love it. Back then, you know, as a kid, you know, you, you know, Billy D and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's a fucking great song. I give it five out of five chopsticks. Bang! Well, this is the one I hate. Oh, wow. wow. And, and believe me, I'm not part of this unpopular metal opinions group. I really do get laid. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't like this song. It's only the chorus. The chorus and noise and noise. And the rest is okay. The rest is not bad. I like I like the verses. It's cool. Living wherever we are. You know, I like that thing. But can't live, can't live. That, dude, that shit grates on me, dude. That song, that chorus grates on me so much that it's like, ugh. I don't like this song. And it's always on the set list, well, at least every time I've seen them. They always keep this on the set list. I'm like, oh. You know, but, yeah, I don't like it. I'm sorry. This is the one I like the least. Uh, uh, what's the next one? No one like you. All right, this one I like, but goddamn, I burned out on this one. Uh, I, what, what I really love about this song more than, you know, the ballad and you know, all that shit, you know, because I, I like everything about this song, but to me, it's the guitar solo. I love, it's so clean, so precise, so beautifully done. Matthias is very underrated, and I believe the reason he is underrated is because he's not as good as his predecessors. I don't think he's as good as Uli or, or Michael Schenker. But he's still, he's still great, and I think that's why he's very underrated. And, you know, uh, the chicks no longer lo like him because he lost his hair. But back then, he wasn't underrated because, you know, a lot of chicks did. And, and you know what? A lot of people did like Matthias back in the day. But, you know, but I think now, you know, people, you know, I think what, as time has uh, gone on, like, more, the more people that discover Scorpions these days... I mean, I've noticed this on Facebook. I don't know. I may be wrong. It might be just be my friends. <coughs> but it seems like a lot of people are more into Uli. The Uli uh, era scores as I am. I've always been more. Once I heard Tokyo Tapes, I had to discover everything before it. And to me, just like almost every band, dude. If you think about it, I'm trying to think what band. I mean, some of you will probably think, uh, you know, probably say, oh, you like Judas Priest more in the 80s and 70s. I don't. I, like a lot of bands from the 70s that went into the 80s and remained awesome in the 80s, um, I still prefer the 70s stuff. I'm trying to think, is there any band that started in the 70s where I prefer the 80s stuff? And I don't think so. I don't think there is any band like that. But you know, I know a lot of people prefer, you know, Black Sabbath with Dio, for instance, or, or uh, you know, Judas Priest, you know, after British Steel. Um, but me, it's like, it's all about the Scorpions, 70 Scorpions, but I love, well, I love them up to Blackout, and then Love It For Sting is still a commendable album, I like it, I'm not saying it's a shit album, but that's to me the, where it ended, you know, because, man, Savage and Union was just fucking terrible, I mean, terrible, and it was a long time waiting for that crap, but yeah, uh, that's what I think of No One Like You, it's burnt out. I could take it or leave it now, but as far as a song in general, 
I think it's a good song. And, and I love the video where they're in Alcatraz. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. Hey, bam. You stole my thunder about being in San Francisco. Yeah, man. That's the, I remember watching going, oh, they filmed that right where I live. Um, numbers, it went to number 65 on the Billboard chart. It's amazing because you hear it now in classic rock radio like it was a top 10 hit. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, which makes you wonder about the Billboard pop. Oh, can I say, can I say one thing? I forgot to mention about this song. This song is never played when they play Europe because Europeans hate this song. Did you guys know this? I didn't know. It's actually a true story because I read in an interview uh, that they do not play no one like you, no one like you in Europe because Europeans can't stand that fucking song, and yet Americans love it. So they, every time they play it live, it's here. I'm not sure about Japan and stuff, but that song is always played here in the states and not in Europe. Right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, MTV. This shit was fucking everywhere, man. I mean, I remember. I'm gonna give it. Five out of five chopsticks, absolutely. All right, how about you, Ian? Uh, yeah, five chopsticks, bam, 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 and a crab ragu. Uh, <laughs> technically, and I know this is gonna sound weird, it's not the best song on the album, but it is the best song on the album. I think this is a perfect fucking song that I never want to hear again. I mean, it is. It, it's so burned out. But it's burned out for the same reason that Shook Me All Night Long is burned out. It is a perfect fucking song from beginning to end. There's not one wasted note. Everything about this is absolutely flawless. And and to me, is more of a signature song for the Scorpions than Rocky Like a Hurricane. I think it's even better. I think it's even a, a, a more well-structured song. Uh, uh, again, I don't need to hear it again, but I love it and I respect it. It's just fucking burned out. Um, but man, I mean, I mean, so very few bands get to write a song like "Shook Me All Night Long," you know, "Stairway to Heaven," "No One Like You." I, I mean, these these are anomalies, and unfortunately, you know, classic rock radio. And Scott Green kill songs like this, you know, um, you know, and it's I, I would I would I would never play this on my show, but it doesn't mean that I don't love it and I don't respect it. It's just the point's been made, you know. It, this to me is like a, you know, uh, you know, like something off the first Boston album, you know, like more than a feeling. It is a perfect fucking song uh, but unfortunately has been killed and but I you know I, 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 I still can't hate on it that much because I hope you know newer generations get to hear this song and it inspires them to check out the Scorpions you know like because I can see people that normally wouldn't listen to Scorpions hear this song go oh that's awesome and you know if this song can grab you and make you check out the rest of their catalog then, man, case closed. That's fucking perfect. Uh, yeah, dude. It, it's just it's just a early '80s classic and a a hard rock heavy metal classic. Absolutely love no one like you, Rath. What do you think of the next song? You give me all I need. 
which is weird. A ballad after a ballad. Um, I love this. What one. You, you, you consider no one like you a ballad? Yeah. You don't. Okay. No. Kind of, kind of. You know, the verses are very ballady. You know, power balladish. Okay. I think. Well, I think. I. That's what I think. Well, this one is in the same vein. It's kind of ballady too. And, uh, but I love this one. I, I like this one even uh, more than No One Like You. I maybe maybe because I'm burnt down No One Like You. But I think I always, I, you know, if, I wish I had a time machine. Uh, but um, to, to find out if I felt this way back then. But I think I did. I think I always felt this one was the better of the two. Um, I love Claw's voice. Again, you know, another example why I think that, you know, he's one of the better singers of... Uh, because, you know, he, he can he can bust out the fucking vocals, man. He can, like, scream shit, you know, some really good fucking rocking tunes and shit. And then at the same time, you know, like, he can scream, uh, you know, like, another piece of meat to this. Where it's, like, very gentle, angelic uh, vocals. And uh, you give me all I need is, is a beautiful, beautifully structured power ballad, as you say. And, yeah, like, Ian, I'm not a fan of power ballads, but... I, I actually love power ballads back then. Like these, like 82 down, what you would, you know, of course they weren't called power ballads back then, but they're fucking well-structured, great catchy tunes that by the time like Home Sweet Home, which I like as well, came around, it kind of like diluted the power ballads after that, I feel. Uh, even Scorpions, for instance, like, um, uh, what? Uh, I believe in you, or so. What, what's the name of that song from Savage Amusement? Believe in me, or something. Yeah, like, uh, believe, believe in love. Or this, yeah, yeah. Pro, like you know, pro, look. Here's my impression of believe in love. You ready? All right. There you go. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I, you know, shit like that. It's like, all right. I still, you know, and I still love you. I don't hate that song, but dude, it's kind of like, I'm on the fence of that. You know, it's like, whatever. But uh, this, fucking great. I love it. Um, great tune. Uh, there you go. What do you think, Wang? It's just funny what's a ballad and what's not a ballad. I was having this fight with this clown on my page, Kiss, 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 Metal Hard Rock, about the song off Lick It Up Million to One. I consider that a ballad. Yeah, and I consider this a ballad also. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, the ballad. Do you, do you consider? Do you consider uh, no one like you a ballad? Yes. All right. See, snot nosed kid, you don't know what you're talking about, punk. No, it, 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 I don't want to make like what I, you know, what I think is is the the, the police or whatever. I'm a fan, but you know, to somebody else it may not be. But I consider it a ballad. But yeah, this song, man, it's a fucking badass song. I love the fucking acoustic intro and the acoustic vibe throughout the song, man. I fucking Klaus fucking shit. And another great solo. Um, I love this song. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very fucking cool, complex song for this album. And it's different. I think it's different. It sounds different than any other song on the album. I love this song. And I give it five out of five chopsticks. All right, Ian. All right. Well, well, this I I don't consider a ballad, uh, and oh well, no, I'm sorry. This one I do consider a ballad, kind of. Uh, no one like you. I I don't consider a ballad, and then I, I don't consider Tears Are Falling a ballad, even though. How about Million to One? How about Million to One? 
that I'll that I would consider a that that I would consider a power ballad. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I disagree, but I do agree. Tears of Fallen is not a ballad. That I will agree on. Uh, but but see, I consider no one like you the, the same as Tears of Fallen. It, it, it's heavy and slow, but it's not like it, it doesn't have that slow building like a home sweet home kind of thing or a fucking you know heading for a heartbreak. I I, I think it, it's more rock than this ballad. But this this too is kind of of two songs, but I can see this leaning more towards ballad. And that's probably why I could give two shits about this song. Uh, not that I hate it, but this is the kind of thing that always, uh, to me, until I discovered 70s Scorpions, always kind of kept them a, 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 a second-tier band because just too much slow shit. Uh, you know, when they were fast, that's in the 80s, that's what I loved about Scorpions. Way, you know, I wasn't the, the holiday the still loving you fan you know i was the fucking you know blackout can't live without you rock you like a hurricane kind of guy uh not not shit like this and i I don't mean shit is shit it's not a horrible song but i would never go out of my way to hear this like i would never put on blackout like oh fuck we gotta go to you give me all all i need it's just uh that's the kind of stuff that kept me from becoming you know, the kind of guy that had a scorpion's patch on his denim jacket, you know. Um, n- not not my favorite hour on this album. For sure. But then we'll go Fair into not then we'll go into now, which is holy shit. This is the scorpions like on full fucking blast. And while I don't think the song is the best song, I uh, I, I, I just love what it reaches for. I love I love the heaviness and I love the aggression. And man, it's short. This is like a Ramon song. It's only two minutes and thirty-five seconds, but it's so like bam 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 bam. You know, just beats you over the fucking head. And that's what I love about it. You know, it's like I kind of see what they wanted to do. I don't think it's perfect, but I love I love the sediment, you know, I, I love what they were trying to do, and I, I love the heaviness of it, uh, and I think it's a great way to end side one. What do you think, Wayne? Um, yeah, man, I could basically say exactly what you said, it's kick-ass barn burner, firing in all cylinders, the cool interplay between uh, Jabs and Shanker, I think you nailed it, you know, I don't think I need to add anything else, I, I think this song is fucking badass. And yeah, I mean, talk about old school, man. Exactly. A great way to end side one. I mean, fucking five out of five. Bam. Yeah, I, I love this song as well. And uh, it was kind of like, uh, hey, man, you know, uh, we started off right out of the gate. And then the la- last three songs were kind of like, you know, even Can't Live Without You to me is kind of lovey-dovey. It's just uh, the whole vibe of the last three songs were very love-oriented. You know, chick chick songs that us 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 uh, fags got into, and um, <laughs> but um, now it's kind of like, all right, hey, here we are to fucking beat you over the head a little bit, you know. And uh, yeah, it's short to the point. I don't know if it was ever played live. It might have been, uh, you know, just what they would consider a fitter and filler. And you know, maybe I would too. But 
killer filler. You know, it's like, you know, it's still a great fucking song. It's uh, rip roaring. Uh, but, you know, I mean, is it the same caliber as another piece of meat and can't get enough and, you know, songs like that? Yeah, no, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say it's in the same category as, as badass as those songs, but it's still a badass tune that's very much welcomed on this side that kind of strayed a little bit from uh, track one as far as like heaviness and, you know, cutthroat because Blackout has it. The title track has it. The next three didn't, and this one has it again. So, yeah, I dig it. And it doesn't stop because when you flip the album over, it starts off with what I consider the best song on the fucking album, Dynamite. And a very much loved tune from the from the fans because it always survives the set list. It's always a great track to hear live. Um, I love it. I love the, the structure of the song, the fucking... Dan and that opening riff with just a drum beat and then it goes into like you know like it, it just like you know speeds up and then it's just claws and the drums during the fucking verse will kick your ass to heaven with rock and roll tonight what a great line from guys that can hardly speak english you know it's, you gotta you gotta fucking commend like scorpions because this is a band that prided themselves on writing songs in english and you can right. tell, Good point. and you can yeah. tell, like, especially in those early, like, you know, Speedy's comedy show like that, that's some fucked up English, you know, like some fucked up phrasing, but it's still the charm of it, you know, of like trying to be, sing English and you sound a little off with a couple little phrases like, you like Ringo Starr, you know, shit like that. But this one, I think they honed in, you know? I mean, they, they did hone in a lot on animal magnetism as well, but I think the zoo are great lyrics, and, uh, you know, and, you know, Love Drive too, to an extent, but uh, this song is, like, it's just great, and I love it. I think it's just rip-roaring. I love that solo, those crazy noises Matthias is doing during it, and, and that rhythm section going on behind it, dan, 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 during that solo. This song is like probably if I was yeah let me think blah, 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 real quick uh, yeah the best Scorpion song of the 80s I think Dynamite is Dynamite thank you Ian uh, I love it I love it and uh, you know I, I like what you said about you know them writing in English and this is one if, if you look a lot of the more successful uh Scorpion song, with, with the exception of a few, um, had lyrics that were co-written with Herman Rebel, and he co-wrote this one because he did have a better grasp of the English language than uh, the rest of the band. He was way more fluent than than Kloss. And uh, man, I love this one. You know, everything is heavy, uh, not a wasted note, and and what a way to open up side two. And I love it because you end it with now, which is like a bam, 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 you know, and, and then you start out with dynamite. It's like, okay, we're not losing steam here. We're staying heavy. We're staying hard. And um, which I think was perfect for American audiences because, you know, 70s Scorpions was very much European metal, where 80s Scorpions was very much Americanized, very much 
you know, especially with the balance, you, you know, because that's what brought the chicks in, like, you know, like Wang brought up. Because chicks love that shit, you know. Because uh, they, you know... Well, Scorpions, I think, is a, is a rare... Most most American female hard rock bands, uh, or hard rock fans, listen with their eyes. You know, ooh, is this guy cute? You know, they love Motley Crue because they're cute. With Scorpions, they actually listen with their ears, but they played songs that were more like girls could get into. But this is this is one for the guys right here. This is for the people that just love hard rock. And that's what I love about Dynamite. And uh, you know, there's an awesome video. It's uh, Scorpions, 2006 at Bakken. And uh, you know, uh, Uli John Roth came out. Herman Rebel came out. Such a great uh, DVD. My, I own that DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Shanker came out. And the whole set list was voted on by the fans. And unfortunately, this is one of four songs that was left off the DVD. Uh, and, 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 and what sucks is, like, all four of the ones that were left off were all, like, hardcore rock and Scorpion songs. But, uh, you know, this is what the fans wanted to hear, and I would have loved to have seen that on that DVD because it is amazing. Yes, it does have some horrible editing as far as visually, but musically, oh my god, it sounds so good. Dynamite, to me, is a classic track. Great way to start off side two. What do you think, Bill Wayne? I love this song. It's a badass fucking song. It's fucking kick-ass. And I love the Donald Trump lyrics of uh, eat your, you know, grab your pussy uh, lyrics. Eat your meat until you're breathless. Twirl your hips around. I mean, that's so prophetic, man. Yeah. Donald Trump lyrics. I love the song, Badass, five out of five chopsticks. Yeah. All right, uh, what's next? Uh, Arizona. Uh, uh, I, I want to go last on that one. All right, I'll take it. Arizona. Uh, my, my second least favorite song on the album. And, uh, oh, man, I don't know if they could have wrote a more boring song if they called it North Dakota. Uh... I, I, I just don't get this one. It's it's way too poppy for me. And, and this is a guy who loves disco and pop saying it's just too poppy. Uh, I don't I don't get this one at all. And uh, man, for, for, for an album that's only nine songs, you to me, you can't afford to have a song like Arizona on it. I, I mean, and to get it to be a, a 100% classic album uh to me this is really a, a, a shit stain on it i mean i've heard way worse songs than this but man when it gets to this after you hear the previous songs it's like okay yeah here's here's a drop off you know it's like uh when in arizona go see the grand canyon or wherever the fuck it is because it just dropped off the fucking grand canyon not a fan of this song what do you think bill wang I think it's a great summer song. Reminds me of the summer. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it reminds me of the fucking summer. I just want to crack a beer and fuck Mrs. Wang hard. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think of the song. Is it thought-provoking? No. But I think it's a fucking cool little song. I give it four oh. out of five. So there oh you go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, my, oh goodness. my goodness. All right, this song, Arizona. I give it five out of five Chinese restaurants. 
I think it's a fucking great song. I think it's fun. It's great. It's catchy. Oh my god! Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a deep track. This is something I don't think they've ever played live. But I love this song. I remember vividly singing along to this tune with my my good friend Eve, uh, who's still my friend to this day. Me no, and- I, I I do love Eve. Yeah, me and Eve used to jam to this all the time. I mean, she. I think this is probably her favorite song. I remember her loving this song. I remember us just jamming to it. Arizona really wasn't. I just love it. It's got this great atmosphere and vibe and and just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. She got me high and loose. It reminds you of the summer, man. It's fucking cool. Fuck yeah. Fuck you, Ian. Pass me the cock. I don't care. This is a great song, man. I love Arizona. Fuck yeah. This is a great tune. And hopefully one day Arizona Ice-T will use it as, uh, you know, one of their songs, you know? I love, (laughs) I love Arizona. Look, this is the thing. We all got to, and I'm sure, you know, Ian goes, ugh. But, you know, deep down inside. He respects my opinion, and I respect Ian's opinion. We all respect each other's opinion. Even if I don't like Arizona that much, I respect that Ian doesn't like Arizona. But, Ian, I do have a question for you. What do you if you were to pick which song was better, Arizona or Rhythm of Love, which one would you pick? <laughs> You're not going to like the answer. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Go ahead. Tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I love Rhythm of Love. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I love it because you know why I love that answer, Ian? Because I'm a huge fan of comedy. <laughs> I, I like it. Maybe it's, maybe, you know, and it might be the same reason for you. For me, it's, uh, I mean, I do like the song, but there's a lot of nostalgic reasons. And that could be why you like Arizona for nostalgic reasons with the Eve and everything. But I, I do prefer Rhythm of Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's some gut busting humor there, boy. Anyway, I, I, I see what and, you did there. In the turbo that outfits, was, remember that was when, when they were wearing their turbo outfits. Oh my God! Yeah, exactly. Oh my. Remember dude, that? Savage's movement is just wrong in all fucking corners. It's just it's a terrible be, album. Terrible fucking album. Oh. Oh. Ugh. And how about that fucking hairdo botulism had at that time? It was like, what the hell is <laughs> going on? What was that, what was that flock, of, flock of seagulls thing going on there, man? It was fucking terrible. It's like, dude, your hair should not be permed. The little that you have left, you know? You guys ever heard the S.O.D. version? Uh, S.O.D. recorded a song called The Ballad of the Scorpions. This is the ballad! of the scorpions. Anyway, so that's what I think of uh, uh, Arizona. I love the song. It's fun, it's great, it's got a great vibe to it. It's just a fun song, you know, and I listen to it now and I get very nostalgic, you know, and uh, I, I, you know, I think of those days where me and Eve would uh, jam to the song and, uh, and, uh, you know, I shouldn't like it that much because Eve denied me the pussy. That's right. I never got to insert my penis in her pussy, but I still love Eve with all my heart. And, uh, but you know, the thing is that anybody that's listening now, the reason why I'm okay with Eve is because 
You, the listener, right now, you. Your mom took care of me. Thank you. True story. That's right. All right. Well, uh, well then I'll take the epic, which is China White. Yeah, I and, like I, I like that as a drug. And uh, you know, while I might say uh, you know can't live without you is my favorite. Uh, this is the best song on the album. This is so fucking epic and so uh, like kind of got that cashmere vibe and I would say uh, you know like sometimes I'll say my favorite isn't necessarily the best Uh, Love Can't Live Without You but to me this song is second only uh, to Sales of Sharon as far as amazing uh, Scorpion songs I mean this is quintessential do some fucking drugs do some hard fucking drugs Heavy drugs. Put, on, put on some fucking headphones and sink into your couch I mean this is the song where you should actually do some China White where it's like some fucking train spotting shit to where you're like you know you just you know push the plunger and you sink into your couch with these big ass headphones and you hear that fucking riff. That you know, just like oh my actually, you know what? I have to change I have to change my pick. As much as I love Can't Live Without You, no, I'm sorry. There is no better song on this album. And no better song from the Scorpions post Uli John Roth than China White. This shit is fucking amazing. Everybody, if you're listening to this, do some fucking drugs. I don't care if it's fucking weed, coke, you know, uh, LSD, heroin, bath salts. Find something. If, if you have to drink a whole bottle of Robitussin, do what it takes. Put on some fucking headphones and listen to China White. Oh, my God. Is this fucking epic. If, if only they had more songs like this and less songs that sounded like let me take you far away. You're like a holiday. See, that's what killed the Scorpions for me. If there was more shit like fucking China White with that riff from fucking hell, that drug-influenced fucking drone, oh my fucking God. Yes, I do stand corrected. Best song on the album. Best song of the 80s from Scorpions, China White. What do you think? Senior Wang. Oh my goodness gracious, man! You just—you <laughs> know what? This and Dynamite are my two favorite songs. Um, I mean, I hate to follow you guys on songs that we all agree because you said exactly as what I was thinking. I love the chaotic vibe, that bass line. The song fucking rules. Klaus fucking rules. Killer riffage. The solo rips at the 340 mark. Fucking phenomenal fucking sick and yeah man it's like i just want to chop up some fucking oxycontin and snort it you know what i'm saying yeah i really do i'm ready to chop up some oxycontin and just do some big old fucking fat old rails and just get all i'm ready up. too yeah right you know what i'm saying man you know, yes yeah. i do uh, yes i do yeah yeah let's let's all chop them up baby yeah 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 let's get high motherfuckers yeah yeah badass song man i love this song and um, 
obviously five out of five chopsticks, two egg rolls, and a bam, bam, bam. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Before I talk about the song, I'd like to piggyback what uh, Bill Wang just said. Drugs are awesome. <laughs> they really are. So this is what yes, I sir. this is what I think of uh, this song. Uh, oh boy, yeah, it's a great one. I love China White. I've always loved China White. I remember as a little kid uh, listening to this song, thinking, "Man, this is a, probably the heaviest of all Scorpion songs. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I think so. If you ask me, it is heavy. It's a fucking heavy tune, and it's kind of weird, which I like. I like the weird, the the weird vocal." You know, the vocals on it, like, yeah, you know, all that weird shit going on. That guitar effect after that, during that killer riff and the simple bass line and the fucking pounding drums and, you know, it goes on and on. And, you know, uh, normally I don't like repetitious shit and this, this song does get repetitious and I love it. I love the repetition on the song. And, uh, yeah, if you're on drugs, it's perfect. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to do like drugs again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the song on when I do. So yeah, two thumbs up to China Right. I love this song. Five chopsticks, bam, bam, bam. All right. Nice. I'll, I'll take the last one, um, which is already a song about going on stage, playing on stage. But it's a ballad, probably the most ballady of all three, and definitely my favorite of all three. Uh, I love this song. This is beautifully fucking uh, sung. Again, Klaus Mine, I think, owns this song. It's just... And, you know, I mean, musically, too, man. There's some great melodic guitar playing on this song. Um, and I just love... It's Klaus, It's all Klaus Mine for me. This song is, like, another great example of what an amazing vocal this man has. And to me, it brings an end to Killer Scorpion's Ballads, this one. It's like... Mm. It's tasty. It's fucking great. It's, it's just... Oh, I love it. I love this fucking song a lot. And I think it's a great way to end the album because the album is kind of like Ballady in the beginning. Then the second half is like heavy, but let's end it with a, with a ballad one. And uh, I think it's a gorgeous tune and I loves it. Wang, what do you think? I think you basically nailed it. I mean, this is a fucking badass fucking song, man. The, the guitar work is fantastic. Everything about this song is fucking sick. Personally, I mean, I'm not going to lie and be two-faced. I would have ended the album with with uh, China White. Uh, I would have flipped this song, number nine, with number eight. But still, it's a badass fucking song. Five out of five chopsticks. All right. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Well, uh, I'm going to take something from what Bill Wang said and nothing from what you said. Uh, I would end the album with China White, and this song I would throw in the fucking toilet. Uh, <laughs> this this is like ending uh, Led Zeppelin Four with Hot Dog, or ending Shout at the Devil with Brandon, you know, or or and ending Rock and Roll Over with Odyssey. This is this is fucking. See, th this is why the Scorpions. As much as I grew to respect them, this is why they stayed, uh, you know, a second-tier band with me, was songs like this and fucking ballads like this. 
this song, as much as I goof on songs like fucking Holiday and shit, uh, Holiday shits all over this song. Uh, this, th- this to me, uh, what a limp-wristed fucking way t- to end this album. I mean, uh, and, and it's already a short album, but man, to me, you take Arizona and when the smoke is going down, or don't let the smoke go down on me, whatever the fuck it is, candle in the wind. This shit's fucking horrible. Uh, a horrible, horrible way to end this album. And, uh, I mean, th- this is... This this makes me want to listen to that fucking Winds of Change shit. This song is, is, is that unrememberable and, and just a ballad for no fucking reason. And that's what I really hate, you know, because... You know, we talked about, you know, there was the era of the power ballads, and there was the era before it. And I much more appreciated the era before it because, you know, there was usually just one. You know, and it was something like Seasons of Wither off of fucking Get Your Wings, you know. Or, you know, or something like that where it was something so good it deserved to be the, the, the ballad. But then, you know, post home sweet home you know it was like the obligatory ballad like you had to have it you know and uh oh god i i think i it's it's not face the heat uh animal instinct i think there's more ballads on that album than there are rockers and 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 that's what that's what kills me about the scorpions because while Kloss totally has the voice to do ballads i mean because that voice oh my god Amazing, and when he does the slow shit, yes, it is phenomenal. But that's not what I want out of this band. I want fucking the rhythm of love. <laughs> yes, yes, I would, I, I would much rather hear rhythm of love than this song. Hey, Ian, do me a yes, favor. Sir. Go join on Popular Metal Opinions. Uh, they, they, they kicked me out. Uh, because. I did get laid once in 1984. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, somehow that got leaked and uh, they kicked me off. Only virgins allowed over there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. They and... look down on us, that fuck fat chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fuck fat chicks. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a man with no country. that's right all right so that brings an end to blackout great album um so let's uh recap i mean uh i i love it i think oh another thing we didn't talk about which i absolutely love and i'd have to think about this but i think it is my favorite album cover of the scorpions i think it's so cool oh yeah it's so iconic the the forks and the glass breaking and and, you know, now when Rudolph comes out, he wears that thing on his head while they do Blackout. I think it's a great fucking album cover. Really good. You know, Scorpion's always had some cool thought-provoking album covers, like Animal Magnetism and uh, Love Drive is really cool, you know? Oh, right, with the gum and the tits. Yeah, that yeah. shit's amazing. And, you know... And... I, I, I love Virgin Killer just because it's so wrong. I hate that oh, album Oh, right, 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 right. I right. hate it. I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. just bothers me. You see oh, it, it bothers me too, but I like that it bothers me. I would never right. own that album, even though I'm sure it's rare. And I, I, 
I own the one with that band on the cover. That one's okay. But I've seen that one at stores for like 100 bucks. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't even pay that five bucks for that. I'd rather own well, the one with a band on the cover, you know? Well, the, the funny thing is uh, I, could, I couldn't find the original album cover, so I have like, you know, the, the U.S. version. But over that... I taped a picture of Lee Gersman naked where the glass breaks right over his privates. <laughs> uh, you know, so I almost get that same feeling of innocence lost. But, uh, no, no, I, I, I do agree. What a fucking iconic album cover. It is the number one selling uh, Scorpions t-shirt to this day. Uh, right. Every time... Every time they go on tour, they still make a blackout shirt because that's what everybody wants. Oh. And, and you know, a lot of people back in the day, you know, and probably because of the video and the way he appears, they always thought that was Rudolph Schenker on the cover. It's not. It's the artist who came up with the cover. That's him. But he did have a uncanny resemblance to Rudolph. Um, you know, and that's why Rudolph did that in the video. It's him in the in the video. But on the album cover, it's the actual artist. So there's that. Uh, huh. Produced produced by Dieter Dirks. Uh, released March 29th, 1982. It went gold uh, shortly after it was released and went platinum in 1984. Uh, went platinum in Canada and gold in France. And there was a lot of singles released off of this, but like kind of different ones in different areas. The first single released was actually in Japan. And the A side was Now and the B side was No One Like You. Oh, in the US yeah, in the US it was the opposite. It was No One Like You with Now on the B side. Uh, and then in May they released Can't Live Without You with China White as the B side. And then in July in the UK they released Can't Live Without You with Always Somewhere as the B-side. And here's the real mind-blower. In the Philippines, uh, the single was When the Smoke is Going Down with Now as the B-side. Because, uh, you know, the first, I don't know if I brought this up, the first time I ever saw the Scorpions, they opened for Ted Nugent and Pat Travers on the Animal Magnetism Tour, where nobody knew who they were, but I did, because I just came back from Germany earlier that year, and nobody knew the fucking Scorpion. I mean, I'm telling you, nobody. And I was front row for that. It was Scream Dream, Crash and Burn, Animal Magnetism. And I was up front, and let me tell you something, man. They, one thing about the Scorpions, especially back then, well, they still are great, because I saw them blow away Motley Crue when, Mo, uh, when Motley Crue had Castillo on drums. Yeah. Um, I, I saw Crash Test Dummies blow away Motley Crue. Okay, well, <laughs> but, anyway, but yeah, but they... they fantastic live band <laughs> amazing live band unfortunately the blackout tour did not come to florida so i missed that one but i saw but you know what here's the thing i got so turned off by the scorpions by uh savage amusement i stopped going to see them until they opened for crew but i saw oh i actually saw the quote-unquote farewell tour which was great as well but um what was it it was um them and well when they came here on the on the so-called farewell tour it was them and Rat, but they wanted so much money to see them at a really shitty venue. I didn't go. I've still to this day never seen the Scorpions live. Yeah, I saw Rat. And wow. Was, Rat, Rat was great, but Piercy was terrible. 
Right. I mean, really bad. And uh, but Scorpions were great that night, and they played. Uh, I know you don't like Holiday, but they actually played the full version for once because I always hated how the Scorpions would stop the song before it's like one and for the sun. I love that's like my favorite part of the song. And, oh hell yeah! And, and they would cut that live, and but then when the farewell tour, they finally did it, and I was so happy, you know. On the Blackout Tour, they were headliners by this point. On the European legs, Blackfoot and Wolf opened up. And then on the on the 1982 North American Tour, uh, in various spots, they were, uh, had opening acts Iron Maiden, Girls' School, Rainbow, and Riot. Rainbow? Yeah. Opened up. Wow. In the wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And and it, it was an interesting um, set list, too, because uh, you would definitely see the transition where they would, for the most part, abandon 70s-era material. Even though uh, they did play three songs from Taken by Force, but other than that, everything in the set list was off of Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, and Blackout. Off of Taken by Force, they played uh, Stream Rock Fever, we burn the sky, and he's a woman, she's a man. Other than that, everything was from Blackout. But here, here's the standard set list uh, for that tour: was Blackout, Don't Make Prom, No Promises, Your Body Can't Keep, Loving You Sunday Morning, Make It Real, We Burn the Sky, Can't Live Without You, Coast to Coast, Always Somewhere, Holiday, Love Drive. He's a woman, she's a man, another piece of meat, dynamite, the zoo, stream rock fever, and they would end with can't get enough. Oh, okay. Uh, Good set But, uh, but, you know, they, they would mix it up, but the ones that were played live from this album, at least on that tour, and like I said, not all these were on every date, but Blackout, Can't Live Without You, No One Like You, Dynamite Now, and China White. So I don't believe they ever played Arizona. Wait, wait, wait. They played China White? Yes, but but it, it it wasn't a mainstay on the set list. Oh, wow. So it's it's they one play, of those, they, you know, they, they, play, they play now? Yes. Oh, yeah, and, and, and again, now was one that wasn't a mainstay. That might have been ones they tried out for a few shows, but but didn't make the main set list. Interesting, because I thought those songs were never played live, and I also thought Arizona was never played live, so I was right on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing that. But no, they. It does show that they played now in China White. But I believe. They I believe Arizona was played live, like maybe five, six years ago. I could be wrong. It, like on some acoustic thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just talking about this specific tour, so I, I don't know about you know post post this tour but yeah yeah let me look at that's it. what i have I, i'm pretty sure on youtube i saw a clip of them doing that live i think huh. yeah rare live performance but it doesn't look acoustic the it looks like they're playing it live uh, yeah and it looks like eight years ago arizona live from the album blackout and tucson arizona oh there they go they played it in arizona ah all right, well, that is our review of this hand-picked album by Mr. Bill Wang. Thank you, Bill. Good pick, uh, Bill. Good th- pick. 
this is uh, this is one that has been asked for by fans, and uh, Bill Wang was smart enough to pick it. So thank you, Bill. You're very welcome, God of War. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to go into pick of the week. And uh, Senior Wang, since you are our guest of the uh, the week, what's your pick? Well, um, the first ten episodes I've been on this, I've pretty much stayed true to the rock and you know hard rock metal sort of thing. But the last whatever six seven episodes I've been on, I've kind of strayed away from that, and I'm going to continue that path. My pick of the week is an album that came out in 1980 by the band The Cars, and the album is called Panorama. Nice. Touch yeah. and go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I love that song. It's such a great song. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Love that album. I've been fucking feeling The Cars lately. So pick of the week, The Cars, Panorama. My second awesome. show, the second show, technically, the second concert I ever saw was the cars on the cameo tour. Oh, you lucky motherfucker. Yes, Ooh. I did, boy. And I, that's Never saw him. Never saw him, man. Yeah, it was lucky. It was the only time I ever saw him, though. But it was great. It was a great show. Rest in peace, Ben Horn. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yeah, fuck yeah. Big props. Good going, Rob. Yeah. All right, Ian, you got one? Because I don't. Yes, I do. Uh, my pick of the week, it, it's new right now. I know this episode's not going to air for a few weeks, but is the new album by Testament, and that is Brotherhood of the Snake. Holy shit, uh, do I love this album. Uh, Testament's one of those bands I put right there with uh, Overkill, as, to me, they've never made a bad album. Ew, and, crazy. And, and uh, you know, I, I know Ralph disagrees, Ooh. and to me, they've made different albums. You know, there's a lot of people don't like The Ritual, uh, I, st- I still love the. Ri- I think the ritual is better than the black album. You know, as far as doing one that's a little bit softer on tempo, but uh, but I-, I think all the songs are solid on Ritual. I love it, um, and I love. Uh, you know, I thought they came back amazingly with Low. It was an incredible album, and you know they took detours with Demonic, which I still liked, and you know the Gathering. I mean, what a amazing album that was and i love the last two that you know fans seem to be real divided on uh uh the formation of damnation and uh dark roots of the earth i love both of those and i think that they're carrying on full steam ahead with brotherhood of the snake uh i would say man almost neck and neck with uh joey belladonna and chuck billy being the best vocalist in thrash uh, Chuck Billy can do it all the same way I, I, I think uh, I, I think Belladonna can do it all but I think Chuck Billy can even do shit that Belladonna can especially when you, you go with the more like guttural vocals and shit I think Chuck Billy can pull it all off and always sounds amazing and uh, you know I'm glad that Skolnick's back and I was I was sad to see uh, Greg Chasson leave but Man, having uh, Steve Giorgio on fucking bass and and Gene Hoagland on drums, you know, new album to me is just amazing. Check out Testament Brotherhood of the Snake, my pick of the week. I don't really, I don't really hate them. I just feel they're vastly overrated. Um, like uh, I love the legacy. Uh, new Order's good, 
But some, there's some on there that was like, eh. Practice what you preach is garbage. I'm sorry. I don't like that one. Uh, so, we, we, which, by the way, listen to our episode on practice what you preach. Yeah. The Black I, Album blows away the ritual anyway. I, I, like, I, 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 like, I like some of practice what you preach. I liked, I liked uh, Souls of Black a lot. Uh, I, that one's very looked down on. And I, yeah. think, I think on that album is where Chuck Billy has the most sickest 3D vocal. That's the way I can describe his vocal. They're like 3D. They're like jump at you. Ritual just sucks. I like I liked wow. Electric Crown. I thought that was a good song. But man, the re- let go of my world and return to serenity. I want to kick you in the balls again. Um, oh, I love return to serenity. Low was great. Low was really yeah. good. I, yeah, love, low. I love that song Ride that's on there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's a great album. Hoagland's fucking Trail of Tears. There's some great shit. Yeah, on there's there. some good shit on there. Uh, Dogface God, um, but uh, yeah. Demonic. What the fuck? Gathering probably their best, in my opinion. Uh, the, the 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 two after that was like, dude, I'll take violence over this fucking. There's some Dark Angel. There, I, when I think of fucking thrash bands, I, I think it's a fucking shame. Testament is more popular than. What I consider more, like, all right, let me put it this way. I wish Testament wasn't thrash because maybe I would like them a little more because as far as thrash Death goes, Angel is better than Testament. Death Angel is yeah, better than well, Testament. Well, I feel like um, their new album, Death Angel's new album, and Ultraviolence, Testament never came close to either one of those two albums. Well, I I, I, I love Death Angel as well. I, I love Death Angel. Great but night. There's a lot of bands that I would put above Testament. I don't hate Testament. Yeah, but, but- but Bill Wang, Bill Wang, let me ask you this: Is Reload a good album? Uh, Reload, is it a good album? It has good songs on it. Uh, yeah, it's a good it, album. Oh, oh, okay, case closed. Oh, okay. Is Bang Tango is Bang Tango a good band? Bam. No, but I love someone like you. That's a great song. Yeah, Warrant. Bam. Winger. Bam. He likes someone like you, and, and you're a guy. God damn you, Watson. <laughs> I love you. And I, I, I'll tell you what, this, this will happen in the future. Uh, and I know Ralph said it's going to no, take we're a not, lot. No, we're not going to fucking review Bang Tango. Fuck that shit. No, 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 no. You said it would take you a long time. But we have to do Load and Reload with Bill Wang. Oh, I'm we sorry, Bill. Oh, yeah. But boy, that'll be painful. Oh, yeah. Load rules. Load rules. I don't I, give I a like, fuck. I like three basically. songs off Load, actually. And I'll keep. Yeah. And I'll how keep, could, and, how and, you not? And I'll tell you, know. you what three songs they are when we do review. But dude, reload, right. reload. Bring it on! A, I'm ready. Bam. Reload. There's only one. And the, the one song I like on reload, I like more than all the three songs I like on load. So there you go. Your mom likes reload side her chin. Hey, shut up, man! Come on, man! I'm trying Goodbye. to fucking forget about my whole mom. <laughs> anyway, all right. I, I love Ralph's mom. I gotta pick week. Everybody does. All right. For the right amount of money. Uh, <laughs> mine, just like Bill Wang, is from 1980, but it is part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Yes. And, and this is a this is a band I don't think we've ever discussed ever. And maybe you know a lot of people don't really know them. You probably heard the name of the band, but this is a phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal album. And I would put it up there definitely in the top ten of the greatest new wave of British heavy metal albums of the early 80s. And that is the Ooh, debut man. album from Angel Witch. Yes. You, know, you guys nice. ever heard that album? Oh, Great album. Oh, my Great God. Album. The, the fucking song Angel Witch, which they have a video for you. Check it out. 
Man, it's melodic and killer, but yet they this is a band with variety. And you know, unlike a lot of bands that just, you know, you hear like, you know, and not to slam it because my favorite Iron Maiden is Deano, but you know, when you hear Iron Maiden, it's Iron Maiden. Angel Witch goes doom, somewhat poppy, melodic, heavy as balls, like, you know, Angel of Death, White Witch, Sorcerer, Gorgon, I mean, Loser. Uh, it has all these like great elements where it's like, dude, it appeals to the most heaviest of heavy metal fans. And it, it appeals to people that like, let's say, like uh, On Through the Night from Death Leopard is a good example. Right. Well, well, what, what I think is timeless about Angel Witch is like, you know, the, the singer might not be as polished, but the fucking riffage is right. just so like through and through fucking European metal, you know, and, and so new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, the guitar playing alone, and, and I happen to love the vocalist. But, you know, just the guitar playing on that is so early 80s European metal to me. I absolutely love it. Great pick. Yeah, and, and it's total, like, the the, the melodic uh, nature of, of that fucking band, dude. It's like, I don't know, man. There's just something about that first, especially that first album. You know, Screaming and Bleeding is not bad in Frontal Assault and As Above, So Below. They're not bad albums, but there's something about that first album that just connects with me so much. And I can't believe I've never discussed it on the show, but man, I love and, it. And that's something, even if you love, you know, Load or ABBA or Bang Tango, you know, you you, you have to acknowledge the genius <laughs> of Angel Witch. I mean that that's some badass shit. And great I love singer. I love Kevin Kevin Hayborn. I think he's a great singer. It's very it's not technically a great like, but neither was Paul Diano. But he yet has that right, attitude. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. But it, it, it's got that feeling that goes along with the music, and and you feel the sincerity. You feel like it's a band when you listen to it. Like they're all on the same page, and all they want to do is you know for lack of a better term, melt your fucking skull and, and rock out, you know, and that comes across in the music. Well, there you go. All right, well, now we got to go to fan of the week. Uh, this, this dude, uh, I, I think he's new, but I've, I've seen him post uh, sporadically lately, but what I love is he always posts when he's drunk, so that tugs up my heartstrings. His name is Tyler Schleppy. Schleppy? And, Oh my Schleppy. god, that might be the coolest fan of the week name ever. Schleppy. <laughs> Schleppy. Well, Schleppy, he, he posted just the other night, he goes, I'm drunk, I just want to say fuck Sammy Hagar. And I'm oh, like, I love that. oh, I, I, I like that. And this guy's, he posts sporadically, but when he posts, he makes a count. And anytime, you know, you say fuck Sammy Hagar, uh, you know, you're going to get my full attention. Hey, Ian, enough of the shit. What do you say we get into the plugs? Let's do it. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. All right, Kiss Army. 
Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkiss crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ray Sprelly, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. All right, well, if you love this episode and the numbers prove you didn't, Come back next week when we have another unpopular person, James Gilman, shows up to talk about why Reload is the best Metallica album ever. What a hipster. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Who?